This is Takeaway Only, a podcast about the hospitality industry in crisis. I'm Howie Khan, and these are the stories of the people who take care of you. Today's guest is George Azar, chef and owner of Flowers of Vietnam in Southwest Detroit. I called George because I know he's a man who is always motivated to do the impossible. He is a Palestinian-American chef cooking technique-driven Vietnamese food in a working-class Mexican neighborhood of Detroit. George has made his mark on his city and beyond. So I wondered what George would do in the face of this pandemic. George is here to tell you the decisions have not come easy. He's here to tell you his earnings have been slashed by two-thirds. And he's here to tell you that he and his team are reinventing their restaurant every single day. Give George a minute to heat up. It'll be worth it. We will be back tomorrow with an all-new guest. Please hit subscribe so you don't miss it. Stay tuned now for George Azar. George, hi. Hi, Howard. How are you? I'm okay. Um, give me the lay of the land in Detroit. Honestly, I think that we're all trying to process still. We don't actually know what is going on. Like, um, you know, peers are hitting each other up, like asking for advice on, on like how to pivot to, to go only and how is it like, how is it made profitable and is it even worth it? And, um, you know, uh, I really don't know. It's like, we're just trying to take it minute by minute. So it's like the state of the union is very much, uh, in uncertainty. What's the orders there from from the local government? Is it to shut down sit down restaurants? Yep. Okay. Everything. Sit down restaurants. No shut down. And even fast food. Everything. So like McDonald's is closed. Closed only drive through. Okay, so you can do to go. So at what point did you close down, and at what point did you decide to pivot to to go? Well, we we decided uh, as a team um, that. You know, some people started to close one by one before the mandated shutdown. And we were left with a, um, a kind of like a dilemma or more like a, a decision that is like, OK, we have staff that can't go without paychecks. Correct. And I also felt that like staying open was a detriment to like the common good of our earth or the people, humanity on here. But it's like, so I'm left in this situation where it's like, okay, well, you know, the people that are directly working with me and for me, it's like, you know, I care for them just as much. So I don't, I didn't know what the right decision was. So I just asked them like, Hey, what do you guys want to do? Like, and all of them were like, we want to keep going. So before the mandate shutdown, we were pivoting to, um, one, we're like extremely like regimented and in, in like sanitary procedures already. So it's like there's not much that we even changed when it came to like uh, when this pandemic hit. But uh, we were we were going all the way with it until it got shut down. How many people are on your on your crew? How many people work for you at Flowers? I got a 25 to 30. I want to talk about momentum. You know, you are a Palestinian restaurateur. You're cooking in a Mexican neighborhood of Southwest Detroit, and you cook uh, the most amazing Vietnamese food. It's kind of the perfect storm in Detroit for like a lot of uh, misunderstanding and, and difficult marketing. And it took you a long time to, you know, build up a clientele and get people in the door and keep your restaurant full. So 
this is a huge hurdle for you. Somebody who's also used to huge hurdles. But how does this one feel different than others? Uh, this one, quite honestly, is not as exhilarating as the other hurdles. Right. Uh, because yeah, you're, you're somebody uh, who thrives on, on the challenges. Exactly. Like, you know, I realize as I'm getting older, even like in the last like three or four months, I've realized that I very much cherish risk a little too much sometimes where like I'm taking even like small risks throughout the day that I don't even need to. Right. And it's like, but this is different where like there's could be collateral damage. It's not collateral damage because I didn't choose this, but it's like um, there is people that are working for me that are going to, that feel the brunt of, of the shutdown. So, so it's not when I take, when I take a risk, it's like, I'm, I'm the only one that's going to lose when I take it right. So it's like to see other people have to suffer is really what is feels dreadful. Yeah. So that's the difference is, is why it's not as exhilarating. It's almost like you try to keep it from being like uh, kind of disheartening. Um, but you know, you just got to kind of like transfer that energy into something that's forward moving. How are you doing that? Is it through the cooking? Honestly, it's, it's my staff that they're, when you see how fired up they are and they're like, um, they, yo, we're like, no matter what we go forward. It's like, I feel like they're like, uh, they adopted this like Navy seal mentality of like, we never quit. <laughs> it's, 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 it's also like very, very fun. So we're trying to make it like as lighthearted as possible because it can get very dreadful if you don't. That's really good. How many hours a day are you guys putting in? What are the shifts like? They're definitely from sunup to sundown. I mean, it's like eleven o'clock at night from like nine ten in the morning. What are you yeah. What are you doing for your your delivery food, and how does it how does it uh, differ from your dining room food? Uh, so we just kind of um, so the dining format here uh, already has a good range, right? Because you know I'm in my neighborhood, so I can't get too bougie. So there's stuff where like you can still leave out of here with a thirteen dollar dinner tab. Right. 15, 16 with a drink. So the stuff that was like super soigné, like on the menu, that's a little more intense. We just took off and we were running like a limited, like a limited kind of straightforward to go menu. What's working so far? What are people ordering? Um, chicken wings and, and um, which I expected, you know, we kind of kind of like um, geared it for that anyway. Is it mostly takeout or is it mostly delivery? Um, mostly takeout. Uh, so it's because people want to see you. We just started. Like, so really, we all had one day of this. Yes, today's the, the first. Today's the second day. So it's like it's still unknown. That's why it's like there's not really much that has like, um, there's no precedence to eat. Like, I don't even. That's another thing I was talking to my like my chef de cuisine last night. It's like, you know, we don't even know how busy it's going to be tomorrow to like prep. Like, you know, before I used to look at covers. Like, okay, I know who's coming in. It's like nothing you're blind you're you're like legit shooting in the dark i almost wonder if you want to do like little surveys over social media like who's coming in today who's even thinking about coming in today who's who who's thought about a chicken wing in the last week just to figure out what are you supposed to do because it's like you don't want to waste anything at, at this point in time either here's a good example before i got on the horn with you uh like my front house manager is like hey uh we got this delivery for a someone in warren 20 miles away and we i guess because talk actually shout out to talk for like 
immediately like jumping on a delivery platform. So we didn't have to just be like handcuffed to Grubhub and DoorDash. But here's the thing is that like, you know, there's because they did it and like um, they fired off the hip with it. It's, you know, there's going to be like uh, glitches where it's like there's a $6 delivery charge to go all the way to Warren. So it's like, what do I do? Right. Do I take the $80 delivery and just swallow the cost of delivering it? Or do I say no? So it's like, I'm like, I just, I'm like, I just put my hand up. Like, I'll, I'll talk to you in a minute. So it's like, what do you do? I'm going to end up going to deliver it myself, which is crazy, which is, I mean, it's like, uh, so I don't, that's what, that's what we're doing is like literally minute to minute making decisions and cooking to go food. Wow. So you're, you're the delivery service too. Yes. Hand, hand delivered. You're going to get farther. Absolutely. You're going to get calls from farther out than Warren. So it's like, what do I do? Do I say no? We need every single dollar of revenue that we can get. So for, for me to say no, is like against my beliefs, period. You know what I mean? Like, I can't. So I'm going to end up going to deliver it. I already know. Has anybody show? I mean, I, I know how, how Detroit works. And if, if someone's open, someone's going to be asking for a, a, a job. Has anybody showed up at your restaurant in the last couple of days seeing if you're hiring? No, actually, it's a good question. No. Do you expect anybody to like, you know, if so many businesses are closing, just even people identifying what's still open? I mean, that might be a question you get. Absolutely. I don't know why I didn't think of that, because there's already like uh, already 20 or so restaurants closed um, and like permanently. And there's soon enough, it's going to be a bunch of people knocking on doors for jobs. You're absolutely right. But not yet. It's still fresh. We haven't, we haven't been that far in to see the, the the swing, right? It just, so it's still, people maybe flush on a little bit of cash, right? Like they have like, um, they, a lot of people started GoFundMes. So we haven't, we're, we're not knee deep in the shit yet. Um, we're in the shit, just like, it's not getting severe, severe where it's like, where you're going to see it starting to get dropped off one by one by one because of we're shut down for two months. It's like, I don't know what we're going to do. How much of a loss do you think you're going to start taking on a, on a daily basis? Oh, I'm already taking. So before the shutdown, business went down by half. Just when people were starting to hunker down and stay home. Yeah. And then we're probably losing. So we, you know, we'll see. We're projecting. We're hoping to do at least like 12 grand this week to 10 grand. Um, but we're usually doing $35,000 weeks. So it's a pay, it's a cut of two thirds or more. So the thing, the problem is with like going, like, I don't know why they think that takeout is or in delivery is going to be a sufficient like way to operate. And I almost feel like they're, they're saying we can do that. And it's like an excuse not to help because what they don't realize that takeout and to go style restaurants, they, they work on volume and their overhead. It doesn't, isn't also allows them to do that so it's like when you have a, a, a in dining restaurant the overhead doesn't is way far greater than a takeout restaurant so for them to think that we're going to survive off that is insane yeah there's no there's no takeout restaurants that have like a program where you you know make fish sauce over you know three months or something like that right. or you know ferments right. that, that that take half a year to get right so i mean you're right, right. a takeout restaurant doesn't have like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars just in equipment that's like you know what I mean? That's, that's it's crazy. Um, how are you sleeping? Um, what's that again? <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, the first couple nights, I was very, very worried, and then I saw how fired up everybody was, and it kind of kind of like got me at ease. Um, 
So right now we're very much in our groove. Um, so I'm, I feel a lot better than I did the last like, couple of three days ago. So last night I actually slept very well. <laughs> That's good. I wonder if you're going to see any, you know, like elevated cooking or like innovations. People just kind of can figure out things sometimes when there's trouble. Great, great point. So I was saying yesterday um, that what people aren't like, if, if we think about it, if talk can build out a digital platform for a, a restaurant facade in a way, then that that leaves us the like uh, the the capabilities and opportunities to create concepts in an instant are endless it's it's like a ghost right so i can have a, a concept running out of this kitchen that's completely different and just and literally in a week and or in a couple of days have a digital facade where people can order from which is kind of cool um, so that's like the silver lining. I'm trying to see something positive, which I actually might end up doing next week. I wonder if you can tier the pricing. You know, I know you you have to keep things real for for your neighborhood because no one in in Southwest is gonna start paying more for food. But I wonder if you start getting calls from Bloomfield and Cranbrook and whatever, if you can just slide the prices up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how much do your wings cost? Twelve how bucks. Much, Twelve bucks for an order of wings local, right? 30 bucks for an order of wings in the burbs 50 bucks even further out why not i don't i don't know i don't um uh, things are worth not, different amounts to different people i know you're absolutely right but like i just can't do that i'm just uh, trying to think of I, ways I would, for for you guys to survive and i i always I know, think well, like you know certain people can't pay more and certain people will pay more yeah who was um uh, a friend of mine did like a, a study like that in new orleans uh and you know you're you're not wrong uh i just feel like they, if they want to kind of like Tunde way, right? Tunde, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh Tunde. He actually lived in Southwest for a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I know. Um and uh he so I don't know. I mean, I don't even know how I would go about doing that. Um but they'll 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 help they'll help if they want to through tip. And I it goes to my staff anyway. So. What are you what are you eating? What do you what are you eating to stay stay nourished? Well, we kind of just eat to uh live to be honest with you. We don't really like even before all this, we just like eat just to get something in our stomach so we can keep working. Um, so like, you know, we very much had a big uh, like taco feast yesterday from my favorite spot. Um, what is it? Give uh, it a shout out. Uh, Las Palapas, uh, um, Parian. It's a like there. And her name's Nancy. She's great. She's an OG in a neighborhood. And she like turned her commissary kitchen into like a bigger because she owns like a bunch of taco trucks in the neighborhood and she owns a um, commissary kitchen where she runs the favorite spot that I have. She does like Mexico City style tacos and uh, they're very much delicious. What's her so, last name? What's Nancy's last name? Lopez. She's amazing. What does the neighborhood feel like right now? I mean, Southwest is, is really a communal, really vibrant place. People are, are people know each other. People are friendly. Are, are people inside? Are people freaking out? Uh, people are very much inside. Uh, my neighborhood is a little less afraid than I think other neighborhoods. They they almost kind of like they almost make a joke about it in a way, um, uh, and they're not that afraid. But you could tell just by like driving around that there's less people out. Mm. Well, very I think, much. I think you live in a neighborhood where a lot of people have have been through a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, they, you know that's what like um, uh, we kind of. You know, this is just, I, I, can I tell you something that sometimes I secretly uh, want to fail so I can just show people that I can succeed again, that 
and I'm not a fraud. Like, yo, I'll do this over and over and over again. Uh, so it's it's exhilarating. Good news, good news for you between this pandemic and the way the U.S. government is set up to support its uh, its people. You will have all the opportunity to fail that you can handle. Yeah, I might eat my words for that too. I don't know that, so, I mean, but I res- I respect that. I mean, where do you get it from? Have you have you always been a, re- a resilient guy? Is it about resilience? Is it about the chip on your shoulder? Uh, I think it's I think it's both. Um, I didn't really understand what resilience was until you reach a low and get yourself out of that low, and then you reach another low that oh, this is even lower than I got before. You get out of that low. So it's like, oh, you know, as you get older, you understand that like, hey, tenacity is is the key to success. And it's like, I know it's, it's been, it's like, it's a cliche, but you, when you, the, the really success is driven by how much of a beating you can take and still say, okay, I'm getting up, hit me again. Um, and I wish that, you guys could see George. We're talking by Skype right now, and he's he's getting like in the face of the computer camera. He's he's inching closer and closer to the screen as as he's saying this. And uh, you know, another interesting thing, just kind of you know measuring you up a little bit. You know, we talk all the time, and you're a lot more calm now than in most circumstances in the past. Yo, I'm in my zone. Bro. <laughs> I'm in the zone. So. Um, who to, let's let's shout out your team a little bit. Tell me who you're really proud of and why. Uh, I'm proud of all of them, especially like Thomas, who's my chef de cuisine. Uh, Marlo Johnson, who is a little brainiac uh, bar beverage director. Uh, Joaquin De La Cerda, who is like the front of house manager. Um, I mean, honestly, all of them, every single one of them, because not one of them has like I, I expected to see like kind of some like. Um, uh, some quiver because I mean, they saw it in me, but you could tell like when I'm like kind of in like frustrated or down, they'll notice. And I notice that I'm bringing the energy onto them. So I quickly have to pivot and, and be upbeat. So really it was just, none of them quivered. That's what I'm proud of the most. And they got me fired up. What does a bar and beverage manager do right now? I mean, there's no drinks. Uh, we, I might not be able to say that while we're recording, but uh, uh, we want to, you know, we're allowed to actually sell, uh, bottled product. So bottle up some so, some Marlowe Johnson special cocktails and send them out into the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you sh- are you sh- you know what? Put that in a box. Ship it to Brooklyn. Uh, uh, without a doubt. Get a little mail. Order. A Get a little mail order going. You know how about you just uh, how, how about, about you just have an excuse to come here? What, I, how are you? Are you I, hold up? You're I would, hold have, up, to, I would you? have to walk there right now. Um, <laughs> I guess I could drive. Uh, yeah, I'm at home. I'm ta- I'm talking to you from from my room. It's not not where I usually do interviews. I know, you know, but I'm 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 definitely thinking thinking of you guys. Do you start each day with with, with a, a motivational huddle? Do you guys talk about it, or is it just like everyone's silently so, locked in? So what's funny is that uh, I'm very much obsessed with um, us, like our special forces in America and also in other countries, and I'll like every other night we'll send them like a story about one of them that what happened and like uh the other day i sent them a story that rob o'neill uh uh said when he went to go uh rescue marcus luttrell who got strength he got like you know one lone survivor dude uh so and what at one point he was like they went to go they they couldn't take a helicopter they had to walk up the crazy mountain and one of the rangers that 
he was with because it was SEAL teams and Rangers together trying to go get Marcus. He stopped. He's like, I can't go any further. And, and Rob O'Neill was like, well, you go tell Mrs. Luttrell, his mom, that you couldn't go save her son because you quit. And he goes, he goes, you're right. You're right. He got up. And he goes, and listen, and the next three steps, you're going to have to tell me the same thing because I want to quit, too. So that is like I wanted to tell them, like, hey, even if it gets bad, just remind each other that we don't quit and we just keep moving forward. So, so you're, you're running some Navy SEAL ops there. We're the SEAL team of, of Detroit. That's right amazing. Here. I wondered at one point if you were actually CIA. <laughs> uh, no, maybe in a past life, but I don't know. Um, yeah. What's the uh, what's the rest of the day look like for you? Lunch service is pretty much uh, dead. Uh, first lunch service ever, and is like I got one order and warm, and then the rest is I'm an, I work a section every night now because like you know we have to we're as thin as we can be. So the people that that work full time have the um, kind of a seniority in getting hours, and the ones that've been here the longest, it's like you know it is what it is. You have to make cuts. So the people that we're here the longest and are full time get hours first. So, but so that working a section every night. Is your whole team getting hours or just a, just a segment? Uh, not not the only the full time uh, employees that are getting hourly. Yes, but we have a you know we're also like gauging it as it goes. So it's like this is the first week we don't know how busy it's going to be. So we might get hit tonight and and okay, we gotta staff up for next Tuesday or next Thursday. That's really interesting. So it's kind of play it play it as it goes. Yeah. I mean, New York is not, I mean, you guys, you guys can't go out to eat either. Is it busy? The restaurants are. No, man. Everything's closed here. A lot of people have laid off their staffs. There's a lot of GoFundMe pages up to to have emergency funding for for people. People don't know, you know, because New York's so population dense and there's so much spread here. um, It might take longer to flatten the curve here than in other places. So I think we're inside for a long time. Um, there is some takeout. There is some delivery. I'm trying to, uh, you know, buy gift cards to places, buy merch for people who sell merch, you know, whatever, whatever I can go spending money on GoFundMe. Um, tell people how they can how they can order your wings in Detroit. If Detroiters are listening. They go street, Grubhub, um, DoorDash, Uber Eats, or you can go on our website and order through Talk, And we have like pre to go packages. Um, which is great. And then uh, they're all open for delivery and curbside pickup. Are you guys selling t-shirts or anything these days? No, no. I, when we, if we're going to do merch, it's going to take a little more than just the last minute. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like I, I want to design some real merch. I get it. Even in, even in a crisis, it's got to be hype. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> come on, you know how you know me. I know how you uh, are. Um, the show this show is called Takeaway Only. So George, what is your, your takeaway from the last couple of weeks? You never know what kind of shit is going to happen, even though how hard you work. It's like, uh, this is, uh, the most unexpected thing we could ever have. So don't think that emergency don't happen and emergency plans are important for a reason. Um, so yeah, just be resilient. All right, brother. Thank you so much for being my guest today on, on takeaway only. Thank you. Alex. That was George Azar. You can follow George on Instagram at george.azar.detroit. You can follow Flowers of Vietnam at Flowers of Vietnam. We will be back tomorrow with Food Lab Detroit's Davida Davison. Thank you for listening to our series. Takeaway Only is produced by Casey Kahn, Rob Corso, and me, Howie Kahn, for Freetime Media. 
Our logo was created by Reynald Philippe at Beepoles. Music by John Palmer. Special thanks to Kristen Millar, Antoine Ricardou, Raphael Weil, and Will Gadara, Brian Canlis, Anthony Rudolph, and Aaron Ginsberg at Welcome. Check out their important community-building work at welcomeconference.org. We're back tomorrow. This is Takeaway Only.